Lord, we are just so grateful. Will you stand, St. Michael's? Lord, we're so grateful to be here in your presence this morning. We want to bow before you. We want, we want to follow you. We want to know you more and be told how you want us to further your kingdom. Open our ears, Lord, and open our hearts to be able to follow your desires and your commands to lead this nation. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, the last time is the Easter season ends. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. up there somewhere. <laughs> I will pray, Nicolette. Let us pray. O oh God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Jesus Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God in glory everlasting. Amen.
Our first reading this morning is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Our Our psalm this morning is Psalm 1. Let us read Psalm 1 responsively by the half verse. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, 
But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. But are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our second reading comes from 1 John, chapter 5, beginning in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God, who has, who does, not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. Now, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world. I also have sent them into the world. 
And for the sakes, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. The gospel of our Lord. Prayers be. Heavenly Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would be with us this morning, Lord, that you would open our ears, that we could hear your word, and give us a will also to do what you ask. Pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Ascension Day Sunday, and I want to spend some time talking about that this morning. Um, Ascension Day was on Thursday. The feast day of Ascension was on Thursday, and today we celebrate this. Now, The, old, the uh, first lesson this morning is the narrative of that whole story, right? In the beginning of the narrative, uh, the author of Acts is saying, uh, remember I told you about this, Theophilus, in my last book. Well, his last book was Luke, right? The Gospel of Luke, Acts, same guy. So he's saying this is a continuation of the story. The story of the ascension in the last four verses of Luke is that happened. <laughs> That's about it, right? This is the great narrative of it, and I want to kind of I want to kind of start there as we uh, look into the Word this morning and see what God is saying to us. The former account, Theophilus, um, I told you all the story from the time that Jesus began to do and to teach up until the time he was taken up into heaven. So that's the context there, and then he talks about this that. Uh, After his resurrection, he spent 40 days appearing to them in different places elsewhere in the in the New Testament. It says uh, up to 500 people at one time. The people that are hearing this word or seeing this book, they know people who at least know people who were there, right? And, and what it says of them is that they were. Um, he he presented himself with many infallible proofs like this is one thing you can know for certain jesus was raised from the dead and he gives them it gives them a an interesting command he says i mean a command for this moment he says go to jerusalem and wait there for the promise there is a promise for you uh, and we know we know now that's pentecost And I will, I will um, leave it to, to next Sunday's preacher to talk about Pentecost. It's a, it's a magnificent moment and one that I cherish and count on in all of my life. Um, I will, I'm going to tell a kindergarten story if Debbie does not object. Uh, she's teaching this same story of the ascension and the promise to the uh, kids in her kindergarten or first grade class. And I'm going to tell you, they are really excited Because in 10 days, Jesus is going to come and bring presents. <laughs> kind of true. Kind of not the meaning. <laughs> But it is, um, it is something that I hope that you, you also anticipate in your life. Because it's every day. The Holy Spirit in us. Giving us gifts. and, and uh, it, It's just exciting. But I, I have to leave that for next week. Pentecost. right? And when this Spirit comes, the purpose is to make us witnesses, right? It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have power, and that's a good thing, and I like that. 
to be witnesses, to be my witnesses in the world. And that's going to be important as we go, go through this. And then, and then he, Jesus, they're, they're outside of Jerusalem on a hill, and he blesses them, and then he ascends into heaven. And my favorite part of this whole story is because you can imagine this, right? They, two men dressed in white, well, angels, let's say, <laughs> and they say to men of Galilee, why are you staring into the heavens? Or why are you staring into the sky? And what I love about this is, you know, I have some compassion on these guys. I'll talk about this later, but they've been through a lot, <laughs> right? And Jesus has just blessed them and ascended into heaven. And, and I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you look, at the, you look at the clouds, you stand on the ground and you look at the clouds, your mouth drops open, seemingly. <laughs> Slack-jawed yokels. <laughs> it is like the definition of that, right? They got hit in the head with one of those cartoon mallets and their mouths drop open. <laughs> so, so the word of the Lord to them from the God's messengers, why are you looking into the sky? They must look funny, and I should probably give them some grace, which we'll talk about that later too. But it's, it's um, why are you looking up into the sky? That's an important point for us to think about right now and what we're doing, where we're at, and what where we're headed. Because this is this is uh, like this moment where, you know, in their word they say, Jesus is going to return just like you saw him ascend into heaven. That's going to happen. We have this mystery of our faith. We say every week, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. There are certainties. And, and what a powerful message it is, because if you've ever been a sinner, <laughs> Christ has died. Your sins are forgiven. If you've ever found yourself hoping and feeling without hope, Christ is risen. The resurrection life in Jesus is in you. There is hope. God is with you and for you and working in you. And Christ will come again. All things will be made right. It's this powerful message, all taking place in this moment with these guys staring up into the sky. And now here we are. We're in, in the meanwhile, like our, our physical location. Where are you? I'm in the meanwhile. <laughs> because it's between the time Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit has come, we're living in the world, and we're anticipating Christ's coming. Um, we are already and not yet. And so we're living in this meanwhile. And, and what, what are we going to do here? All right. Well, I want to I take like three different moments and, and talk about them in terms of comparing them. And the, and the first one is the Ascension Day itself. What was going on in that moment? And the second one I want to talk about, and this is just kind of a, an oddity of, of my studies, is that there was, a, there was a moment in the Soviet Union where it was anticipated that it was going to come to an end because it must end. If you remember the, the psalm we read today, great psalm, is that the wicked cannot stand and they will be blown away like chaff. And, and it was a view of what does the church do next? Um, and the last thing is where we are right now in our lives in, let me just say, in the context of the age of COVID. We've been through something this last year. 
what's next. Where are we looking? So let me let me just take a moment and look at these these events. Why do you stand there gazing into heaven? It says gazing in there, but I keep reading as gaping. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> these these are our our apostles, our disciples, the men we ad- admire and hold up, and they have uh uh just been They've been through a lot, right? We remember Holy Week. There was the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and then, you know, bam, just days later, Jesus is arrested and crucified and is dead in the tomb. And then the next day, no, several days, (laughs) the reports come in. Jesus is raised from the dead. It is amazing what to think about that and and. The the story right before in Luke, you know, we came from Luke to Acts right there, was the, the story of the guys that were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And Jesus walks along beside them, and, and they can't even recognize him. And he explains everything to them. They're troubled. Like, how can you understand what in the world has been going on in this country with COVID? Or, you know, it's like all these events with Jesus, this this. What do you what are you supposed to make of that? And at that moment, those guys were were just then hearing reports that Jesus was raised from the dead. And he explains it all. They were they were logically uncertain of what the future would hold. And then at that moment, at that moment, Jesus ascended into heaven. What would you do? Just stare, <laughs> stare until somebody shocked you and got you going again. Hey, you got a mission. Go to Jerusalem, wait there. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to be filled with power, and you're going to be a witness, and you're going to turn the whole world upside down. All right, compare that moment to, and I'm those of you who are old enough or studied history, there once was a, the USSR, <laughs> Soviet Union, way back in the day, and they were they were um, Marxist, communist, so therefore atheist, and they were a very oppressive tyranny, and uh, what was once a very vibrant Russian Orthodox Church there was under their thumb, and it was a long, a long time, and they were. They were, on this account, worn down, and that makes sense, right? You have a choice in an oppressive environment like that is you go underground or you assimilate because if you resist, you're in the gulag, which is another book. <laughs> so what do they do, right? They, they, are, they are worn down, or maybe the apostles were shell-shocked. These guys are just worn down. And the question that they're asking is what, is what happens. And I want to talk about a particular aspect of this, right, is that part of the program in that world was to take the church and narrow and narrow and narrow its scope down to where all it was was a place where they received communion. And that was all they were allowed. Now, that's not nothing. It's not nothing. The Eucharist is the centrality of our worship. And it's important and it's necessary. But the character and the nature of the church is so much more than that. What was expected is if we can hold them down into this tiny little corner of the world, 
that eventually they'll just go away. Well, they didn't. They didn't. But you do get a little exhausted. You do get a little exhausted by that. We have in our in our liturgy, just to give you a context of this, right, is that we come together as a group every Sunday morning. That's a part of the movement of our liturgy. We now are the body of Christ together with each other to worship him. That's an important part. And we hear his word. We heard the prayer of Jesus. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by your word. Sanctify them by your truth. We come together and we hear the word. And then we celebrate the Eucharist. We receive the body and blood of Christ. Life sacramentally imparted to us. And then there's this one more, one more moment that I like. And it's the deacon comes back in the door and says, Men of Galilee, why are you staring into heaven? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Not really, but it's kind of like that, right? The deacon always comes back and say, let us go into the world. Okay. That's a part of our life, and that's something that you just can't keep in a box. You just can't confine that. It must happen. And, and the church, although it can be worn down by the world who is against it, our calling is like irrevocable, irrepressible. It must be so. And so with that, that kind of a thinking, I want to I want to start talking about like our experience over this last year in the in the land of covid. Is that uh, we've had we've had actions in this country where um, that little corner even to come together and worship to receive the Eucharist and to sing was made illegal in some places. I saw uh, a pastor in Canada was arrested for inviting people to church. I mean, those are, those are nutty things, and those, those can leave you shocked. And one of the biggest challenges that we have when we deal with this um, um, parallel kind of squeeze the church into a box is um, that it, it can go beyond what they are requiring of you. And the big risk that we have is that that becomes internalized in ourselves. Um, you can be in prison without being in prison. And our future, I believe, for us in this church, is a jailbreak. <laughs> that we're not going to let this containment of the life of God in us to be stuck here. That it is our calling to, for that light to break out into the world and transform it. Right? And so that's the moment I think we're in where it's the difference between why are you staring up into heaven and acting, <laughs> right? Okay, so let me talk a little bit more about this in the meanwhile before I close so you can see a little bit more about what I mean. And the first, the first thing is I cannot not mention Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is a powerful piece of instruction on how you should live in the world. It's got these three don'ts and one big do. <laughs> do this. And 
the the do this is to meditate on God's word, to delight in his word and to meditate on it. And I, I'm just going to call that out because this is a good place to start. See what God's saying in there. And where where it begins is, like I said, with these three big don'ts, it says don't walk. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't follow the advice of the world because they don't know. Don't walk in their counsel, the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Now, this is, okay, language is fun, right? Like, if I was trying to go somewhere, someone could be standing in my way. That's not what they're talking about. You know, stand in the way of sinners all you want. Make them stop going that direction. I'm fine with that. But what they're talking about is don't walk along with them. This is their way, and I'm going to walk along with them as if it were my way. Don't walk in the way of sinners. And the last one is don't sit. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful or of the scoffers or of the mockers. And you, you see that a lot in our, in our culture today, scoffing and mocking. I mean, that's a way of life for some people. But it's not our way of life. It's not our way. And when it talks about don't sit in the seat of scoffers, it's, it's, um, it's like the, the chair of a university. You know, what's, what, what is my job? I have the chair of the professor of philosophy at I don't care university. Um, it's a, it's a, you sit like a throne or an academic piece where you're, you're pontificating. <laughs> you are declaring truth. And it's like, you know what? Scoffing is not truth. Mocking is not truth. That's not it. It's not the way it works. And you don't want to sit there. It's funny because it's don't walk, don't stand, don't sit. If you read Ephesians, again, you want to delight in the, in the law of the Lord. Ephesians is the same story telling us how to sit, how to stand, and how to walk. It's like this mirror image. It's magnificent. And then, as I said, the, the, the to do is to um, delight yourself and meditate on his word. And I want to tell you what, that, that, is, that is instructions for life that gives you a firm foundation. That you can stand. When the earth is shaking, you're not. You have that firm foundation. You become like a tree that's planted by a river. Trees that are planted by rivers always flourish. They always produce fruit, and that's who you want to be, that person, in order to, in order to. Now I want to look at the, the gospel lesson this morning. The gospel lesson this morning is Jesus praying for you. This is not the Lord's prayer that we pray with him. This is a prayer he's praying for you. It's called Jesus' priestly prayer. He's praying for the church, and he's got several things he wants to pray for for us for unity, for joy, for sanctification. And one more thing I'll tell you in just a minute. <laughs> for our unity, Jesus prays for our unity, that we would be one just the way that he and the Father are one. We're in sync. We are not enemies. In this uh, age of COVID, one of the, you know, the, we, we always talk about fear and confusion. They kind of came as a package deal. And if you're paying attention to current events, you got an overdose of fear and confusion. And one of the other things that's characterized this age is a real hostility where there are 
there are my people and the enemy. That's not the way God created us to be in the world. That's not us. That's the counsel of the wicked. Hostility is not our way. We want to stand in unity with each other. This um, this Soviet author that I read, or this author back writing about that, it was talking about the Great Schism. And if you're a theologian, you go, hmm, the, the, the schism between the East and the West. And he says, nope, not it. The Great Schism we have is between us and the world. And all of this is talking about how are we going to cope and deal with that now in our lives here present, right? We have this, this thing in the, in the catechism that we say, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like this, right? You've seen that before. And it's, I believe in God the Father who created me and the whole world. I believe in Jesus Christ, his Son, who saved me and all mankind. And I believe in the Holy Spirit who sanctifies me and all the people of God, which I honor when I say, glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, the world is out there, and we have a relationship with it and a responsibility to it that is needs to be borne out in our recognition of our own unity, that we all stand, we have all come together as the body of Christ. The enemy is not in this room. And he's not, he's not on whatever villainous TV network <laughs> that you want to call out. It's, it's not the people. It's, it's our enemy is the evil one, and he wants to destroy not only us, but everyone. And we have a place. We have a place to come against that. Now, in addition to unity that Jesus was praying for, he was praying for joy. I pray that my joy might be in the church. This is Jesus praying for the church before he's crucified. And he wants us to have that joy. <laughs> it sounds contradictory, right? Because it's not like a thing I want to put on my to-do list. Crucified, die, be buried. <laughs> Fair? But he had a joy in him that those circumstances didn't, didn't squelch, didn't matter. He was joyous. And that kind of overpowering joy is the joy he wants you to have every day. Right? And then, you know, and he prays, I don't want to take them out of the world, but I want you to protect them from the evil one. Okay, so don't be afraid. You've, you've got help. And then he prays to sanctify us by the truth. And your word is truth. And there is a need for us as we come before God to hear what he's saying in his word. What he's saying. You know, the church helps us to understand what the word is saying. What the truth is. So that we can understand what's in God's word. And we can grow and be transformed. And we want to hear this tr truth, and in it, we become transformed. That is the sanctification, right? When I did this, it's like, and the Holy Spirit who sanctifies me and all the people of God. We're being transformed. We're being transformed 
Hearing his word as it goes into us and bears fruit. His Holy Spirit in us bears fruit. There are the fruits of the Spirit. When we receive the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Christ, he is imparting to us grace and we are being transformed. All these ways we're being transformed. We're being made like Jesus. I, uh, I listen to Christian music on the radio and I really like it. But then there's some of these songs that just kind of great on me. And uh, a couple of these ones are like, you know, I want Jesus to drive the car of my life. And I scratch my head and I say, I don't think that can work. <laughs> right? It's like, it, I cannot be removed from the responsibility that I have to drive the vehicle in my life. Now, I want Jesus to tell me where I should be going and how I should be going, but I, I can't let go of the wheel. I think about this, too, in this concept of, you know, I want to be more like Jesus. There's another song, and I really like it. I, I don't know who these people are. I can't remember all their names and even the lyrics of these things. But he's like, you know, I want to, I want to be more like Jesus and less like me. But what he's recounting is the, um, the fruit of the Spirit working in him. And that's, that's this sanctification that's in work in us. And it's, uh, um, see, I think, I have this theory, and you can test this, is that, is that God finds us interesting. <laughs> that he created this world and all the people in it because, for his own pleasure, I think it says in Scripture, but I, it's because he, he knew it would be fun for him for some reason. You know, and thank God, <laughs> to be ironic. <laughs> and I think that in that, it's you see how varied people are and how the gifts of God come out of them in really fascinating ways. Songwriters, movie writers, different things. There's fascinating art created in the world and the scientific study. That's amazing. It's like we're not called to be some kind of monolithic personality. This sanctification is to liberate us from the, the defects of sin in our character to allow us to fully express this unique human being that we are. There is a need in this world for everyone here, now and long into the future. God needs you. He created you on purpose for a particular reason. He wants to help you get shed of these defects so that you can have his joy. You can have his joy. And then here's, here's the final thing I'm going to leave you with here. In his prayer, at the end, if I can find it, I'll just read it right out of here. 18. John 17, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The deacon, when he stands at the door of the nave there at the end of the service and says, why are you looking up into the sky? Let us go forth into the world, rejoicing the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a call for us as the body of Christ to be a light to the world, to step out into the world, same as we are here, God's children out in the world, that the world itself might be transformed. Here endeth the lesson. Nice job, Ron. I heard you singing. I believe in one God, the Father, Father Almighty. Almighty.
all things visible and invisible. In one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. By whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended in heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. Come no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and life for the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our hope is in the risen Lord. And now that he has ascended to the Father's right hand to intercede on our behalf, let us bring our knees before him, that the church will boldly proclaim the resurrection and ascension of our Lord and his coming again. Lord, Lord in your mercy, hear our prayer. That nations will acknowledge that all power and authority belongs to and comes from God. Lord, in your mercy, that the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ will increase our awareness of the dignity of every human life, created to worship him and to spend eternity with him in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, that our minds will be enlightened to understand and our hearts soften to obey all that God has commanded us through the scriptures. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That missionaries and all those who minister in third world countries will have their needs met and the needs of the people they serve provided for. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That God will pour out upon his people a spirit of praise and thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our for our own special intentions, you may add any prayers you would like. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of glory, as we celebrate this day when your son Jesus was exalted to the highest place, hear our prayer. Give us the grace to always proclaim him as Lord of all. To the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done And by what I have left undone, I have not loved you with my whole heart, and I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. 
For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace, the Lord, be always with you. With your spirit. You turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Peace. Okay, well, good morning. A couple of announcements this morning. Uh, we've got uh, our next event here on campus is going to be our garage sale, uh, or rummage sale, I guess we call it. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. Last year, I think we did one, and I remember a lady walking up kind of early in the morning, and she said, thank you for doing this. She was like a neighborhood lady. It, it's the only thing I remember from that day. Wow. For some reason, it just stuck with me. That's, one, that's, that's wonderful. Um, so it's just a chance, a small chance for us to touch our neighborhood, our local neighborhood, see people, be part of this little community that we live in here. Um, so uh, that's going to be on June 12th. It's a Saturday. It starts at 8, but if you can be there earlier than 8, 6 or 7 for those go-getters on Saturday... Uh, Kelly will be there, and she's the one to talk to. I know sometimes in the past uh, our stuff has kind of piled up around the church, and it, you know the stuff that we're going to do for the rummage sale. But the men of the church have cleared out a room over here on the first floor. Uh, it's the first door on the on the lower balcony, and there's an entire room. Everything that you want to give to that, just we're going to put in that room. We're going to stage it there. There's a space. And we'll keep it from piling up all over the church. But, yeah, I encourage everybody, if you have stuff that you want to give or if you want to volunteer for that, just talk to Kelly. And uh, we'll, we'll do that on June 12th. Uh, what else? Oh. Oh, we ought to encourage people yeah. to come that day, too. And, uh, you know, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> I went one day and I bought a whole bunch of my books. <laughs> you bought them back? <laughs> Karen, you tried. <laughs> I, I, no, honest, I normally buy something when I go to, right, Karen? She's not too happy about She's it. She's like, no. It's kind of a trade-off. We give some things in and we bring some things home. What else? Uh, Kristen, there might, there might be a youth retreat. We're planning on having a youth retreat. Uh, we're looking for a place for it. Uh, so just hold that up in prayer. If you have some ideas, if you want to help with that, talk to Kristen. And uh, that's that's something that may be on our uh, on our horizon here for this summer. That's yeah. it. That's a, that's an absolute oh. gonna happen deal. We just got to get it where it all comes together. But it's gonna happen. Okay. Also, in terms of the rummage sale, if you want to volunteer also to help ahead of time, please uh, see Kelly. Uh, oftentimes, we're here the night before pricing things. So if you like pricing things, which is 
A lot of people like to do that. I don't know why. I, I don't know what they get out of it. But uh, whatever. If you enjoy that kind of thing and you want to organize and see what's there, please uh, see Kelly. She'd love to have the extra help. Let's go ahead and pray for the uh, offering. As we prepare to uh, receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
blessed by them. Lord, we know that uh, they're a blessing to you. Let's hold this Eucharist up for the worship team this week, Lord. Let your blessings flow in their lives tremendously. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We praise you in a greater joy than ever in this Easter season when Christ became our Paschal sacrifice. He's the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world, and by dying, he destroyed death. And by rising, he restored our life. So with all the choir of angels in heaven... We proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise.
Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. When supper was ended, he took the cup, and again he gave thanks and praise. And he gave the cup to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig and all of the clergy. Remember, especially all those who are sick or infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. We offer this day Connie and Susan and Carl and Serena, Naomi and Nadia and Kyle and Sonia, Maria, Sandra, Karen and Tammy and Kyla and Scott, David and Gavin, our Marines and sailors. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken, and as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with all the saints, the apostles, the martyrs who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have courage as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who were called to supper. The Lamb.
The grave is over with. 
I was just thinking about how uh, parents become so concerned about their children if the children are out at night and they come home later than you expect or various circumstances and how concerned the parents become. <clears throat> and I just had a, such a sense that uh, our Father in Heaven has that same obvious concern, much greater love, and uh, how much anguish we might cause him from time to time. And I just really want to encourage you to draw close to him. He's always there. He's always with us. And so we're either drawing closer or we're pushing him away to draw farther from him, which is a really stupid thing to do. <laughs> Why would we? But we do that. And I just want to encourage you to just draw nigh, he says to me, that he might uh, in every way replenish you, in every way walk with you, and in every way encourage and strengthen you. Don't be foolish. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you've graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. Indeed thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who want to do the world-seeking ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. That's his business. He's reconciling the world unto himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad. And he'll never, ever leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. In the name of you always. Amen.